Hallelujah. Well, Father, thank you for your word today. We just thank you for who you are, Father, and we just love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Isn't it wonderful to know who you are in Christ, know your identity, that you're the body of Christ and member, and, and you, you know what the exchange means for you and everything? But you know what? I want you to think about something. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. And what Jesus paid for us so we can know who we are. But you know what? Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal the heart of the Father to let us know why God is so good. He came to reveal the Father. And that's why for over 40 years probably now, we've been preaching the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom is what? God. The kingdom is God. The church is you. So it's good to know what the fathers are all about. Because it's the goodness of God that leads you into repentance. To that relationship. It's his goodness. And you know we've been talking for three weeks. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we understand, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Christ to be sin for us so that we might be made, constructed, the very righteousness of God. How righteous is that? As righteous as you can get. You have the very righteousness of God in your life. That's who you are. And that's what he wants you to know. That You know what righteousness does? It gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt or condemnation so that you can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help in time of need so you don't have to beg. You can come right into his very presence because he's made you righteous. Isn't that awesome? But righteousness, peace. How about peace? See, God is righteousness. Jesus is peace. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Amen? Peace in Christ. And we're going to talk about the peace. And we might even eventually get to joy. Every once in a while I've got to do that so you know what the kingdom is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that serveth God in these things is accepted with man and approved of God. Amen? That's God's, God's way. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Not the religious crowd, but the other bunch. Sinners loved him. The world loved him. But the religious bunch hated him. Amen? You know what the definition of religion is? According to Webster, returning to bondage. To rebind. Are you religious? No way, right, Mike? You're not religious. Don't let anybody ask you if you're religious. If they ask me that, they ask the wrong question. No, we're not religious. We're Christians. Well, we're going to talk about peace. You know, it talks about Zechariah. Let me, that's not that it's related, but in Zechariah chapter 6, it it talks about. wasn't in my notes, but I was reading it this morning, and it, he's talking in there. And uh, oh, I don't even know the, but I want to go there. 
But in Zechariah, it talks about the kingdom, the branch. My servant, the branch, is going to rise up. And he says, the kingdom, and he's going to be a king and a prince. And the council of peace will be between him being a king and a priest. The council of peace will be between the kingship and the priest. In Revelation 1.6, he said he's made us what? Kings and what? Priests. Your identity as a king, but your ministry as a, pri- as a priest. And the, the council of peace is between your kingship and your priesthood. Because your identity is who you are. Your priesthood is how you serve. You're the go-between between God and man to help man. That's why we're here. Jesus said what? I didn't come to be ministered to I came to minister and to give my life for ransom for many. And they said, what did he say when he washed your feet? If I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Amen? That's what it's all about. <clears throat> you know, the thing about it is if you're living in the old soul, it's all about me, what I get. I'd like to have back a lot of those years I spent just trying to get for me. I ran all over the country trying to get for me. My concern really wasn't for the Father. It was for me. Are you out there? Is anybody out there? But see, what Jesus came to do was to really give us everything that we have, fullness of God in him. But it's to reveal how good the Father is so we could have a relationship with our Father. That's why it's so important. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. he said, I'm not going to fix your old heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. And he says, I'm going to give you a new spirit. And, and Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I'm going to give you a heart like mine. I'm going to give you a heart to know me. Because the old heart can't know him. It's too selfish. It's too greedy. And I'm going to give you a heart to know me. And, and you'll not have to teach everyone his neighbors and know the Lord. You're all going to know me from the least to the greatest because I'm going to be merciful to your sins and your iniquities. Will I remember what? No more. I'm not going to remember them anymore so you can have a relationship with me so you'll know me. See, and that's why it's important to understand the kingdom. Because the kingdom is why Jesus came. He came to what? Preach the kingdom of God. He said, go and told the disciples, go preach the kingdom of God. That's what he said. And by the way, while you're doing it, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Because freely you receive, freely give. But the kingdom is why we're here. In Isaiah chapter 9, it says, Of his kingdom and of his peace, there is no end. His kingdom, his government, and of his peace, there is no end. Of the increase of his kingdom and peace, there's no end. See, your peace can what? Increase. Increase. I remember a pastor friend of mine. He was telling about, he was in Minnesota, and he drove over this little bridge. And at the other side of this little bridge, there's this little brook coming through in this bridge. It said Mississippi River. And he stopped, and he backed up and said, what is this? And he says, as he looked into that sign that said Mississippi River, God said, if you'll just listen to me, your peace will be like this brook, but it's going to become like a mighty river. Because the increase of your government peace, there's no end. Amen? Peace. Peace is what the world's looking for. 
The fruit of the exchange life is peace. As long as you're walking in the exchange life, you're in a place of peace. Doesn't matter what's going on. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We've been praying about it. You can't change a lot of that other than pray that it, it changes and believe God for it. But there's a lot of things going on in the world, but it doesn't have to affect your peace. And you know what Jesus said? No man's going to take it from you. It's my peace. Isaiah, I mean, in Luke chapter 19, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, 19 and uh, verse 38, it starts, says, Blessed be the king, the what? King, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory on the highest. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said, Master, rebuke your disciples. Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace or they be quiet, the stones would immediately cry out. <clears throat> and when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. When he looked at Jerusalem, I'm talking about a city, he wept over it. He wept over the city. Now, he wasn't just weeping over the people of the city. He was weeping over Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace, foundation of peace. The word Jerusalem means double peace. Double peace. That's what he was looking at when he saw Jerusalem and saying, peace, peace. And then he says he wept over it. Okay. And then he said... If you had known, even thou, at least this day, the things which belong to your peace. Catch it? If you knew your name, peace, peace. If you knew the fruit of what is in that name that belongs to you, it's your peace. He said, but now it's hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you that your enemies shall cast a trench about you and compass thee round about and keep thee in every side. And they shall lay thee even to the ground and your children within you. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Why? Because thou knewest not the time of your visitation. You didn't recognize me when I came. The things that I had for your peace. Now they're hid from your eyes. And then immediately what did he do? He went into the temple and began to cast out those that were buying and selling and he said to them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. The temple had become a den of thieves. A house of prayer for what? For all nations. And then it says, there was brought to him all that was sick into the temple and he healed them all. Why? Because that's the heart of the Father. That's what he wants to do. The Amplified said, Would that you had known personally, even at least in this your day, the things which make for your peace, for freedom from all distresses, from all the experiences as the result of sin upon you, which, uh, which your peace, that is your security, your safety, your prosperity, happiness depends. But now they are hidden from your eyes. You know, in Luke chapter 1, when Zacharias was praying, and... Uh, let me go back to that. We've read that a time or two. But in Luke chapter 1, it says, 
Verse 30, 71 says that you would be saved from your enemies. This is why God has sent Jesus and raised up the horn of salvation to David, and that's what that. Verse 71, that you would be saved from all our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore unto Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered, past tense, out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Isn't that awesome about the exchange life? What does that really do to you? Takes away all anxiety, takes away all fear, and you know what? You can even love those that hate you. Give me an amen. Because you have the love of the Father. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to all those that hated him. And he says, live in holiness and righteousness before him every once in a while. How many days? All the days of your life. Now let's go on. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for you shall go before his face, the Lord, to prepare his way. To give the knowledge of salvation unto the people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God. God is merciful, long-suffering. Wherefore the day spring, spring from on high has visited us. To do what? To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of what? So what is the way? We were known as children of the way. The way of the peace. Isaiah 52 says the gospel of peace shall be preached. The gospel of what? What is that? Peace is to take you from a place of enemy towards God to take away all that so that you can stand boldly in his presence to make you accepted from rejected to accepted. Ephesians 1.6. He's made you accepted in the beloved. That's awesome. Say amen. amen. That's awesome. Say, oh, me. I was trying to remember what that verse was. Sometimes I don't remember what a verse is. Y- y'all ever happen? That ever happened to y'all? A lot of times I get away with just writing a verse down and know what it says. But, oh, okay, that's what I just said. Romans ten fifteen says, says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of what? Peace. And bring good tidings of good things. Isaiah 52. Leads you into Isaiah 53 that tells you what the great exchange is, spirit, soul, and body. But they have not all obeyed or heard the truth for the gospel. See, they have not all obeyed, say, gospel. Isaiah 53 is the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Now, Ephesians 3, 8, unto me, who is least and the least of these saints, is this grace given to preach what? The gospel to preach. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, inexhaustible, untraceable riches of God and his grace and his goodness and his peace. There's billions of dollars spent every year for people trying to find peace. All these drugs that people take for pain, 
all over the world that's made, that's causing all the problems, Oxycontin, I don't know what all they are. 90% of them are used in the United States. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is what we have in the United States. And why? As people buying, buying into false peace. Ah. Isaiah 57, 19 says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off. But unto him is near, saith the Lord. But the wicked, verse 20, are like the troubled sea, which cannot rest, whose waters are cast up as mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. You shall cry, peace, peace, he said, but there'll be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes. And you know what? The Prince of Peace is living in every one of you. You're living in the Prince of Peace. And no man can take your peace from you. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are all healed. The chastisement that's causes us not to be at peace he took away all chastisement so you could live in peace and be at peace and that's what scripture says as much as lies within you be at peace with all men chastisement in the amplified the chastisement needed to be obtained to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him he paid all the price so we could have the riches of his peace it's incredible. Isaiah sixty six twelve. I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. That's what God wants us to have. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have they that love your word and nothing shall offend them. What shall offend them? Great peace. It says, Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright man, for the end of that man is peace. What's the end of that man? Have you ever been, I know you have, have you ever been into a home or in a place with somebody and you sit down and you can just sense the lack of peace around, the chaos, the whole, you you just hang in there as long as you can and you got to get out of there as quick as you can. Because there's no peace there. And see, when you learn to, when you live in that peace and you lose, you get in an environment where it's not that. You, you really don't want to be there very often, do you? But you know what? I think there's, there's a scripture in Psalm 76, 2. Can you put that up? I don't remember exactly how it's worded. It says, uh, his dwelling place is in Salem. And he dwells in peace. Where does he dwell? In Zion. He dwells in Zion. And his habitation is shallow or peace. He dwells in your habitation and he is peace. Is it there? See, Salem is peace, right? In Salem also is his tabernacle. What is your body? It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body's not your own. God owns it, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So his habitation is in peace and he is dwelling in Zion or the church. So if peace is living inside you, you have no legal right to be anxious. Why did Jesus say, be anxious for what? Nothing. 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isaiah 26 says this, 3. That will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. If you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. Now, when you're in the workplace, I know there's stuff going on all around you. Jesus said what? In the world, you're going to have tribulation. No big deal. I've overcome the world. In me, you're going to have peace. So you can choose to have peace in the midst of chaos. Because he said what? Rule in the midst of your enemies. He won't take us out of these things. He wants to put us right in the midst of it so their peace, our peace can pass on all their chaos. They'll get to where they want you to be around them a little bit. So they can f- experience a little what it means to ex- have that peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace. What is God the author of? Peace. Just say peace. Peace Peace be still. What did Jesus say to the raging sea? All he said was, peace be still. Try speaking peace over some circumstances that's going on in your life around you. Just speak peace. Say, peace be still. As he is, so are we in this world. First John four seventeen. Try to speak some peace to, to raging stuff that's going on around you. Sure couldn't hurt anything. James three sixteen for says where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. So God hadn't called us to that. He's called us to peace. You know, it's that word. He's called us to peace. It's not to. It's that little word in, in, which means into and remaining in place. God has called us into peace and to remain in place. Come on now. Not just to the door of peace, not around it and making circles around it and seeing it. No, in the midst of it. Let's say it this way. God has called you to be in union with peace and to live in peace. And to let the peace guide you and rule in your hearts. Let not your hearts be what? Troubled. Agitated. When it starts getting agitated, the minute it starts getting agitated, find out what, what the peace leak is. What's causing the peace leak? And let the peace of God rule in your heart and get it back. Take authority over whatever it is that's keeping you out of his peace. Psalms 37, 10, 11, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, though you search diligently for him, you'll not find his place, and it, shall, and it shall be into him. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. What are you going to delight in? Abundance of peace. That's what the world is looking for and crying out. Peace is an inheritance of the righteous. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's incredible. That's just three things. You don't have to major on a whole lot. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Just get that fixed in your mind. Anything that's not lining up with you being as righteous as you you can be, 
and having the peace and having joy in the Holy Ghost. How hard is that? John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not. We have to say in those matters of the heart, peace be still. Peace is the fruit of righteousness from the grace of God. James 3.18, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is what? Peace. Is sown in peace of those that make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. Now think about it. You're a little peace factory, Jim. Everywhere you go, you're a peace factory. Right, Paul? Every place you go, you're a peace factory. You're just extending the fruit of peace everywhere you go. The fruit of righteousness everywhere you go. That make that word make means producing, causing to bear peace. Everywhere you go, you're causing to bear peace everywhere you go. You're a producer of peace everywhere you go. And I wrote this one down. Isaiah thirty two seventeen. You might have, if you don't have that in your memory banks, you ought to put it there. That's one of the first ones I learned. Put it in my soul. The work of righteousness shall be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation in quiet resting places. So if you're in union with him... And you're living in him and living by the life of another. The work of that is peace. And the effect of it is quietness and assurance every once in a while. What is forever? It's forever. It's longer than when you leave here, you still are in it. You you will never get out of it. Isaiah 55, 12 says, you shall go out with joy. And be led with peace. The mountains and the hills will break before you into singing. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. If any of you has been around me much at all. And you come saying. Well I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? 99% of you is going to know my answer. Follow your peace. If you have peace. Go. If you don't have peace. Don't touch it. You'll go out with joy of the Holy Ghost. And be led with peace. Amen. Tell Lily to say amen back there. Be led with peace. The new man is led by peace. The old man doesn't know peace. Colossians 3, 14, 15. Above all these things, put on the new man, agape, which is the bond of maturity. And then you let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which you are called into one body and be ye thankful. Philippians 4, 6 says that worry robs us of our peace. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. It doesn't make a bit of sense. All this chaos is going on around me. But I'm sitting here giggling. Come on now. 
It doesn't make any, the understanding doesn't compute. It will keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And then Matthew 5, 9, we said, blessed are the peacemakers. And I, that verse in Isaiah 57, 19, it says, I create the fruit of the lips. What did I say a while ago? Speak peace. Remember when Jesus sent the disciples out? He said, when you go into this town and you go to this house, let your peace go upon this house. And if your peace remains on this house, you can go in it. But if your peace says, I don't want nothing to do with that house and comes back to you, you go on down somewhere else. So the peace is what? They were led by peace. They only went to the place where the peace went out and stayed that they were allowed to go in. But if the peace come back, they were not allowed to stay there. can happen to you. Let the peace rule in your heart. Yeah, that was my next verse. Thank you, Lord. Most of the epistles start out with grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace will be multiplied. You know, we've majored on grace, but we need to major on peace. Do you know what? I'm convinced. If we could learn to live in the peace of God, the grace of God and peace, let it rule in your heart, I believe 95% of all your irritations with physical problems would leave. I believe it. You know, I told you, I asked a doctor how much of our physical problems that he think had to do with emotional stress of the soul. And they say about 89 to 90% of all physical problems are a result of the soul. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you live in fear, if you live in anxiety, if you're worried all the time, you got all this stress and pressure, it creates havoc on this body that God didn't create to handle all that. Jesus came to tell us how to live in these bodies and function in this world. Is you do it by living in the body of another, living by the life of another. Hmm. Isaiah 26, 3, we said, perfect peace whose mind is stayed because we trust in him. Verse 12 says, Lord, you have established peace for us since you have performed for us all our works. Isn't that awesome? It is he that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He establishes your works. We are created, and we are his workmanship, and the Lord went with them, confirming all their words with signs and followings. Who's doing the works? What did Jesus say? All the words I say is my Father. All the works I do is my Father. I'm just alone for the ride. That's, that's pretty cool. John twenty twenty one says, Peace be unto you as my Father. What was the first thing being to you? Peace. He spoke peace to the disciples before he said anything else. Peace be into you. I bet you is what the Greek says. Anybody want to bet? No. Peace be into you. As my Father has sent me, so send I you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. 
John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. Where are you going to find peace? In him. The only place you're going to find peace. In me, you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. And that's Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. That's what we talked about earlier. Psalms 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyselves because of him that prospers in his way, because the man who brings forth wicked devices. Wait patiently. Rest in the Lord. Those are things that's not easy for us in this American world to do, is it? Wait and rest. Wait and rest. Because if you learn to west, west. I like that word, west. West. That's part wait, part rest. West. Mercy and truth have met together. Psalms 85, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. See, righteousness, if you're righteous, you're going to have peace. If you know you're the righteousness of God, you're going to produce the fruit of righteousness, which is peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and what? Assurance. No more insecurity. No more tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sly and cunning craftiness of men. You're, you're established in peace. Hmm. The meek shall inherit the earth, Psalms 37, 11, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And that's the one, 37, 37, mark the perfect man, behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. And this is what I wrote. We are living in times when many things are happening around us. We, not have, we may not have control over what's going on around us, but we can be in control of what happens in us. And you can't stay in peace if you sit in front of the news channel all the time. Give me an amen. Because it's not good news all the time. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And the peace of God comes from trusting him through our Lord Jesus Christ. For if we, when we were enemies, Romans 5, 10, 11, were exchanged, reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we joy in God through our Lord Jesus, by whom we have now received the atonement or exchange. That word reconciled to God is to set up a relationship of peace not existing before. Let me say that again. That word exchanged or reconciled means to set up a relationship with God that did not exist before. Is that cool? Ephesians 2.17 says, Jesus came and preached peace to you that were far off and to them that are near. Romans 10.15, how beautiful are the feet. We read that a while ago. The gospel is the gospel of peace. 
will be preached in all the world for witness, and then the end will come. Ephesians 6.15, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. Can you see how you can't separate the gospel from peace? It's essential that you understand what the peace is. For 2 Peter 3.14 says, when you begin to see all these things happen and all this elements melting with fervent heat and all the things that's going to happen, he says what? This is what he says. Beloved, seeing that all these things are going to happen, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace, without spot, and blameless. That is incredible. You know, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. All this stuff's going on around you, but it don't have to be affect what's in you. And when you see all the elements melting, when you see all hell breaking loose on every side, just stand still and be found of him in peace when he comes without spot or wrinkle. Why is that? Because you know your identity and there's nothing left for you to do but just stand. Stand therefore, having your loins go to bat with truth and the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Say, all right, take me up. Beam me up. Beam me up. That's pretty cool. Okay. Finally, my brethren, farewell. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be at one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace. See, the God of agape and peace. Agape and peace together. You see, you, you can't have agape without peace. The God of love and peace, it says, that, that's what it says, the God of love and peace shall be with you. Peace be still. Isaiah 54, 13. All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. You know, we need to spend more time speaking peace over our children. Speaking peace. Quoting that scripture. All your children shall be taught of the Lord, by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, they will be established. They will be what? Established. They're going to be far from all that other stuff that's going on. Where did I get to? There we are. Shall be taught of the Lord or by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace, the undisturbed composure of your children. In God's own righteousness, they will be established, and you will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. You know, I'm convinced if we'd spend a little more time in Psalms 91, Psalms 91, the more time you spend there, the more you're going to realize how you are living under the protection of the Father. He really wants you to understand. He says, only with your eyes will you behold what's going on but you're going to be in a place of protection. Very important. Well, it's down to this. I actually got it finished today. But I may have some more peace next week. I don't know, whenever I get back. Remember this, 1 Corinthians seven fifteen. 
We are called to peace. You have been called to peace. 1 Corinthians 7, 15. 1 Peter 3, 11, We are to seek peace and pursue it. Seek and pursue his peace. Seek and pursue it. Hebrews 12, 14, We shall follow peace with all men. And that's his scripture. Isaiah 50, 55, 12, We are to be led with peace. Jude chapter 2, We are to multiply in peace. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, we are to live in peace. And 2 Peter 13, 11, we are to live in peace. And pray for peace. Hmm. Pray for the church and its peace. Speak peace that it remain. And I think we ought to just speak peace over the White House. Speak peace over the Congress, all the senators, everything that's going on. We just speak peace over all of those folks. You know, if they'd all get exchanged, it would all work out. If we could just get them all exchanged, then they could have, be of one mind. How are you going to be of one mind? It's his mind. That's not an impossibility. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. How you got to do that? You got to let it. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. It's the end of all strife. Delivered from distress. Wow. So the answer is gospel of peace. Okay. You may stand. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord has made his face to shine upon you. And has been gracious to you, and the Lord has lifted up his countenance upon you, and given you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peace. You have righteousness. You have peace. And boy, about the joy.